Hello, and welcome to the Zero to Hired podcast, the show that helps struggling job seekers find a career that's right for you. In every episode, we have one mission, to provide you with unique tips and strategies from leading industry experts that will get you in front of hiring managers. Enjoy the show. This is John here with the Zero to Hired podcast, and today our special guest is Keisha Solomon. Keisha migrated to Canada almost 20 years ago to further her studies in human resources, which is what she majored. Her passion was training and development and recruitment, and as with most, she fell into recruitment by joining a staffing agency for about two years. This is where she learned the fundamentals of recruiting, cold calling, Uh, cold calling candidates and companies competing for placements of candidates, trying to source engineering manufacturing professionals. This was the days of Workopolis and Monster. She eventually moved into another agency to balance her recruitment industry focus and eventually moved into the industry telecom and has been within the industry recruiting for many types of roles since then. Please help me welcome Keisha Solomon to the Zero to Hire podcast. Hey, Keisha. Hi, John. Thanks for the intro. I feel like I need a big clapping machine so I can like, oh, <laughs> welcome to the show. So today, <laughs> so today we're going we're gonna to keep it interesting and we're going to keep it different because I think people, when they think about recruitment, they think about typically going into large organizations. And, you know, one of the things they don't, they don't look at as an option is doing consulting work. And, you know, there's a lot of available work out there for that. Right, Keisha? That's correct. So I'm going to start off with, you know, and this is the way I start off every podcast, is kind of give us a little background on your stories. You know, you came to Canada 20 years ago. How did you get into this particular field of work? Good question. So as uh you um, introduced me there yeah, with my little um, bio. I literally stumbled into recruitment, um, ending up at, an, uh, at a staffing firm. And at the time, really wasn't my focus, had no clue what it was about, didn't realize it was predominantly sales, but I'm still learning the ropes. Um, I knew I always wanted to do recruitment and I always wanted to do, um, I wanted to help people. Um, I just didn't feel that it would have been via the staffing world. Um, so I eventually, after about two and a half, three years within that world, I eventually made a move over to um, corporate or industry, as you would refer to it. Um, and that's when I sunk my teeth into the internal clients and understanding their business and understanding their passion and being connected with the people that I've interviewed and brought to the table that were eventually hired, right? Um and I've had the opportunity to work with many different disciplines throughout my career. I've been doing this now for almost uh, 12, 13 years now, and I um, have covered many different uh, functions, accounting and finance, IT, consultants, independent consultants, sales professionals, um, marketing, HR, the full gambit. Um, and now here I am today recruiting for consultants. Um, but they're very specialized because they are management consultants. Um, but it offers a different spin in terms of challenges with recruitment and what that talent pool looks like out there. So what would you say is the, the biggest difference, right? So you, you've done a, a slew of different industries. You talked about telecom, mm-hmm. finance, my HR, um, HR and IT. So what is the 
biggest difference, and you know, people are always looking at big corporations for for roles, but you know, consulting is an option. So, what would you say? What is the biggest difference between going to work for a big corporation versus doing consulting? Ah, that's a really good question. So I've had the opportunity of being an independent consultant myself mm. um, versus working for, you know, a big firm. And my feeling with a big firm, you do have that security, you know, from um, a resources standpoint, you've got people, you've got the right, the right mix of things to help you be successful in a corporation, but you're still bogged down by bureaucracy and red tape and, you know, nepotism is a thing as well. And there's so many different factors that don't allow you to be completely free within an organization when you're doing recruitment for them. Mm -hmm. Um, There's also the case that, you know, a lot of larger organizations rely on their brand recognition and reputation. So posting and praying, it's easy for them because they will attract that talent. But what they do with that talent once they, they do start with them Um, you're treated like another number, especially in those larger organizations, right? Mm -hmm. If you look at, you know, smaller organizations or, you know, going the independent route, I mean, there are the obvious um, benefits where you make your own hours, you pick and choose your clients, but giving that personal touch to the work that you deliver to your clients, um, I feel that you're only able to do that when you're able to navigate your own versus, well, I've got to work behind the confines or with the confines of processes within a larger organization, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it also gives you the opportunity to network with like-minded individuals, you know? And through the power of networking, you have the opportunity of increasing your potential client base, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I find that the relationships that you have you foster as an independent consultant, it's stronger than, you know, some of those relationships that you may foster within the larger organizations because once you leave, those connections are broken and you may never see those individuals or speak to them again, right? Um, And part of of growing as an individual professionally is really leveraging your network and ensuring you do have a, it doesn't necessarily have to be large, but make it work for you. Right. And having the right connections within that network. And that helps you grow professionally as well. So you've touched on a lot of good. So there's a lot of good information here. So um, what I want to focus on first is so what would you say is one of the biggest barriers or challenges that people, especially newcomers? And I and I you know a big chunk of our a big part of our audience are newcomers that are outside of Canada that are coming into Canada. What would you say is one of the biggest barriers? And then I want to follow up with, you know, let's talk about networking a little bit. And how do you create those connections if you're not here, you know, and, and you're mm-hmm. looking to do the consulting thing? So uh, so what, what would, so barrier-wise in terms of new Canadians that are coming into Canada or people just outside of Canada or even new grads, you know, how do, how do they get into this particular line of work? Ah. So it has become a lot more competitive as uh, time has gone by. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of, you know, barriers, I I believe it depends on the industry or the profession you, you've selected. So, for example, if you're coming into a sales and marketing um, type of opportunity, and those are the opportunities you're looking for here, a lot of employers are looking for, well, what's your network? What, uh, what can you bring to the table in terms of contact? Uh, nine times out of ten, they're looking for 
you know, contacts within this region. And if you haven't been within this region for the last however long, you wouldn't have built that network, right? Mm-hmm. Um, inversely, if you're coming into a more, you know, technology type of, um, it's, that's your background, sorry. You come from more technology, so let's say software developers, um, you know, coders, these traditional sort of technology-based um, professions. As I say to everyone, it doesn't matter where you are in the world, the technology is the same regardless. It's the same Oracle stack, it's the same SAP stack, it's the same Java programming language. doesn't matter where you sit. So those opportunities or bridging that gap may be a little bit easier depending on the profession that you've chosen to okay. go down, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so what I'm hearing, so when it comes to sales and marketing, it's about the, the network that you have and the network that you're going to bring to the organization. So, um, you know, it, it, it really comes down to uh, how many people do you know and is it going to provide value back to the organization that you're with? Um, and when it, yeah, and when it comes to technology, it's, you know, it, it's pretty standard around the world, right, depending on the technology that you're working on and whether or not it's, it's important to the organization uh, you know, are they working in Oracle? Are they working in SAP? Are they working in another technology that's required right now? So mm-hmm. what about other industries? Because we, you know, we, we get questions around the health industry. We get questions around uh, even retail, like, you know, restaurant retail and stuff like that. Um, I don't know, like, do, do you have any suggestions for those type of people? Like, what, what would they need to focus on? So... That's a good one. And ironically enough, those are two areas um, of, or, or industries I haven't actually recruited in the past, to be honest. Um, but my advice to individuals coming into the, the, the country is, you know, first and foremost, get yourself comfortable, find your community here. And we're fortunate enough in the city of Toronto, or the GTA, where there are pockets of, of, you know, communities everywhere, find your community. Um, that's step one. Once you've found that community, you've kind of gotten your, your footing, your, you know, networking with people that you know, cultures that you know, areas that you're comfortable with, then start to really, you know, dig deep and, and, and ask those questions. Well, what did you do? How did you get into this? Who do you know? And how can I leverage your experience and your knowledge to be able to be successful in, you know, be it retail or you know healthcare what yeah. would you suggest i do you know yeah yeah no so that it's fantastic so great point so find your community and, and actually this is one of the biggest things um you know both connell and i who's, who's the co-author of the book you know find your tribe essentially you know find the people yeah. that you can connect with find the people that can move you along um, find the people where you can f- give value as well, right? So, uh, but one of the things, and I don't know if you agree or disagree, so this will probably be a question. Uh, what I find is when people stay, and I think about my parents, right? So my parents, they came to Canada, they stayed and they went to their communities, you know, or Portuguese background, but they never left the community. And in today's industry, like it's very different. Like you have to step out. It's great to connect with your community when you first land. But, you know, step out of it, too, so you can create other opportunities for yourself. Because what I found when I look at, like I said, my parents, who are, are new Canadians, uh, when they arrived, they stayed within their community so much so that their English never really got better because they kept speaking their language within those communities. Right. 
So, you know, what are your thoughts around that? So should people, yes, you know, make that initial connection, but then I'm thinking they need to break out so they can make other connections in other communities once they've established themselves. Completely. And I 100% plus agree with that. The, you know, find your community is really to get you inundated into, I guess, the Canadian market, right? Mm. Get comfortable with mixing and mingling. Um, but definitely step out of that comfort zone because nothing comes easy if you just stick with status quo, right? Um, and I also feel that, you know, let's compare your parents' time to our time. We've got the power of technology and social media. And even if you think of the infrastructure in terms of mobility, moving from city to city or, or community to community, it's a lot more, you know, I guess, conducive to us doing that present day versus our parents, you know, when they made that move back then. So relative to the time, definitely step out of that comfort zone and then go beyond that. Now, uh, instead of sticking to your, your community, you found that comfort zone. Now make that second step and, okay, my next community will be project managers of, of, of Toronto because that's the area that I focus on in terms of my profession and where I'd like to go. Yeah, no, and you, you make a good point. So even within, you know, uh, you know, going back to the, the term tribes, uh, you know, find tribes in the industries that you work in, right? So find your project management tribe. So, and there's groups, and this is the beauty of Toronto. And this is what I love about, you know, where we live is, you know, you can walk into a room and you'll be pretty much for the most part accepted, right? Like I've never walked into a room feeling uncomfortable about, you know, my background or anything like that, because we're generally Canadians, we're pretty accepting of everything, uh, regardless of where you come from, which is pretty neat. And there's so many, so many options out there in terms of finding events where you can connect and network with those communities. You know, I think about like meetup.com or I think of Eventbrite, and I'll include the links in the show so you guys can kind of go back and take a look at them. But there, you know, a lot of them are free, right? And this is, you know, yeah. a great way to, to really establish and build yourself out, connecting with other people. Um, so, so this is good. So, um, man, what was my other question? I was going, uh, which, <laughs> <laughs> you know, sometimes I get so lost in a conversation and just go with the flow that, you know. Um, totally. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So biggest challenge. So what do you find some of the candidates who actually do land consulting work, what do you find that they do really well? You know, what's the thing that makes them stand out from other candidates that, you know, actually land the job for them? So I've been fortunate where I've had the opportunity to work for true consulting firms. So those who know Big Four, Big Five out there, those are global organizations. Mm -hmm. So if you're coming in as a consultant that way, then what you're bringing to the table is the fundamental consulting 101, right? Doesn't matter, again, where you are, um, you are learning the exact same structure, the exact same processes that we have here. So a lot of it is, is easily transferable, right? Mm -hmm. I've had a lot of success with those types of candidates. Now, if you're coming here and trying to establish yourself as an independent consultant, um, specific to an industry. So again, you've got project management. Um, I use that as the, the, the example because it's what's coming to my head the most. Yeah. Um, and also there again, you need to 
take care of your, your certifications and all your, your accreditations. First and foremost, get those translated, meaning what is that equivalent to here in the Canadian market? Because until they're able to really understand, you know, or level set yourself in this market against the talent, um, you need to understand what are you coming in with, right? Mm-hmm. Um, definitely looking into those certifications and accreditations and just making them make sense in the Canadian market, right? Um, I've seen a lot of success with individuals that have come with a wealth of knowledge and experience from their, their country. They haven't had success entering the, um, the corporate world, but what they have done is networked and joined enough meetups and connected with their communities and done their, their courses and certifications. And just one by one, they may pick up clients that are within their, their tribe, as you call it, right? Mm-hmm. And then from there, that turns into two or three. And then through the power of, you know, again, networking and word of mouth as you continue delivering successfully, that's, that opens more doors for individuals, right? So yeah. I have seen success on that side as well. But if there's one thing that's different about the job market today than it was before, or when I started 13 years ago, it's more of a candidate's market right now. It's very, very competitive. And candidates, be it local Canadians or new to, to, to Canada, um, it's a very competitive area in every field. So you really have to learn to step your game up. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I keep going back to networking, but that's really the only way that I could see anyone getting any sort of traction. Um, use LinkedIn. You know, LinkedIn is an amazing tool if you know how to navigate and, you know, reach out to the right contacts or the right profiles. And people love to, uh, love to be invited to um, a free coffee sort of info session, you know? So yeah, there's yeah, another no. option. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, when I think about how we reconnected, we knew each other years ago. And it's only been recently that we reconnected and it was done through LinkedIn because I saw that you were following me and you were kind of commenting on some of my posts. And I'm like, okay, you know, let's reach out to Keisha because I know she's got some really good information here. So, yeah, <laughs> and this is how, you know, and and I tell people, you know, don't always look for the immediate feedback or the immediate response. Like sometimes it just takes time. You need relationships to, you know, um, mature ferment whatever you want to call it just like you know wine you need to let the grapes ferment before it becomes a wine (laughs) so there's a time for everything and within every relationship you got to let it grow to a certain point or you got to just let it naturally occur and so you you know outside of that but you know the one thing i want to talk to about and you you touched on this really quickly is you know how do you equate what your skills were somewhere else versus canada how do you how do you find or how do you make that link or connection? So, you know, if you're doing project management work back in like India or Singapore or Australia, how do you find, you know, how your that your your job title transitions or translates into a job here? Like what would be the best way to go about finding that information? Good question. Um, so first of all, I say this to people all the time. Do not look at titles. Titles can be very deceiving, sometimes misleading. Um, definitely look at the body. So what I mean by that is, let's take a job description or a job profile. Mm-hmm. And they may ask for a category manager. And you know you've done category management in the past, but you don't know what the nature of the role really entails. 
from a title. Get into the crux of the details. And then inversely for us recruiters. So I know I'm looking for a category manager by title, but in terms of the skills and the experience that I'm looking for, I am not going to be able to gauge that from somebody's title. So I need to know that you have, so I will use an example, you know, um, within a project uh, type of setting, or if you're, you're, you're on a project, one of the methodologies is an agile methodology. Mm-hmm. And that's not synonymous to Canada, that's a global metho- methodology, right? So looking at connecting that, regardless of whether or not you sit in India and you're working on a project that's following the Agile um, project methodology, versus here in Canada, you know you have it. You've got that skill set. So definitely look at the body rather than focus on the title. So look at the job description. Okay, good. Yeah, and actually, because sometimes people just, you know, while they're quickly glancing through the the job boards, they're looking at titles. They're not necessarily looking Mm -hmm. at job descriptions, right? Um, that's right. Yeah, no, that's it's a very good, valid point because you know it's one of the things I think people overlook, right? They just kind of want to they, they want to get in. They they, they want to get in quickly. Mm-hmm. You know, they just want to get that job really fast. <laughs> so, um, so what would be the first step? So, you know, I'm mm-hmm. brand new to Canada and I, I've tried the corporate route and I've now been looking for work for six to nine months, which I think is the average, or from what we survey, is the average that people are looking for work. What would be the first step? So outside, I know you touched on market or on networking already, but what else could they do specifically to make that connection with an organization? Like, you know, should they be going to consulting firms and, you know, approaching them directly and, and, and going that route? So what, what would be the first step? Mm-hmm. So this is, it's, I've got so many answers to this, to be honest. So here's <laughs> what I would, I would start with. Um, I mentioned a little bit earlier, posting and praying, that's long since gone, right? Uh, posting and praying, say, I like that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but let's say that you, you do see a job posting and the opportunity piques your interest. Uh, you've applied, of course, radio silence for weeks on end, and then you just chalk it up to being, well, if you weren't interested, I didn't have the skills, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's incorrect. What I would suggest an individual would do, sure. Drop and drop a, a um, sorry, uh, submit an application to that, that, that job profile, but go a step further. Go do your research and find out who that hiring manager is via LinkedIn. Okay, figure it out. Send him a personal note saying, hey, listen, notice you're looking for XYZ. Here's my experience. This is my interest. If not right now, maybe in the future, in the meantime, are you interested in having a, a, a copy or a conversation? So that's one route without giving up on the corporate world if you're really and truly, you know, passionate about working for one of those big organizations. Okay. Now, if your choice is consulting, if you're looking at management consulting, um, that's a choice that I feel people make from day one of their career, right? It's, it's not necessarily an easy industry. And as a lot of my leaders um, say, consulting is hard work and it's not nine to five. So that's a personal life choice that somebody would make from day one. And then as they transition from country to country or market to market, those skill sets can easily transition, right? Mm-hmm. If you're looking at taking an independent consultant's route, then that is a totally different you know, path that you would take. You need to ensure that the path that you're taking, you do have the qualifications for, right? 
Um, you've got a few years minimum under your pocket where you can confidently go out there and say to someone, I can run your marketing campaign for you. Not a problem, right? Um, equip yourself with, if you can, depending on your industry. So marketing, for example, portfolios. Um, samples of work that you may have presented or created, yeah. you know. Um, it's a digital world, and if it's marketing, for example, walk with an iPad and showcase your skills and don't keep it cookie-cutter. You know, this is my resume, and here's what I do. You know, go outside of the box. Um, create samples of work. And, you know, if you're more on the business side, well, give me examples of business proposals you may have written. You know, maybe you've done RFP work in the past, so let me see what that thought process looks like for you. So creating samples of work as well would definitely speak volumes and help to add to, you know, your resume. So outside of, so you talked about bringing a portfolio to showcase some of your work and even examples of business cases or business uh, case studies, I, I'm going to call them, um, of some of the work that you've done. So what's the best way to present it? Because you talked about bringing it on an iPad or a laptop or uh, a PDF of some sort. Well, what's the best way to showcase your experience? This, you know, like I, I, I'm a video guy. I love videos. And if you want to <laughs> video, I'll definitely watch a video. Uh, from, from your professional experience, what's the way that you find is the most effective? So it, I keep going back to depending on your, your career of choice. Okay. If it's marketing, I'm looking for the flair for the creative. I'm looking for ways that you've thought outside of the box and you're not giving me a template from Adobe or, you know, Word or PowerPoint. I want to see how you've really taken this outside mm-hmm. of your comfort zone. Um, so that definitely, it's, it's usually digital. Right, but I've had the art portfolio where I've seen the artwork side of things, you know. So if you're doing mock-ups and storyboards, that's what that would look like, right? Mm-hmm. But if you're looking at, you know, business writing, as, you, as, as you're saying, um, there are a few areas that showcase that. So the way that we gather your written communication would be, well, how have you constructed in this day and age your LinkedIn profile? Maybe a cover letter. Maybe even how you would have approached me um, in terms of reaching out to me. Uh, if we meet in person, then maybe present me with a sample of a business proposal you may have created. You know, that could be hard copy, that could be PDF, USB. Uh, you can email that off to me prior to us meeting um, as options. Yeah, yeah. Right? Well, so, so, so this is good. I want to touch on this for a quick second. So, when you're meeting in person, and, you know, we talk about networking. Uh, so the one thing I get really apprehensive about is when I sit with somebody, somebody wants to have a, a mentoring chat or just an informational interview type conversation. Yeah, you know, I get really turned off with somebody just throwing something in my face, like a resume or a cover letter. But I guess with the portfolio, it's different, right? You're showcasing and you're highlighting some of your work, which is slightly different. Totally, yes. And- I, I, the the portfolio and anything else above and beyond that adds that extra layer. Yeah. You know, I'm the same as you. I I don't do paper resumes anymore. Um, I will read a couple letters from time to time. I don't have time to read them all. But if you were to throw a portfolio my way, chances are I'm going to go through that entire thing. Wow. Right. Okay. So it, it's different. 
So just for the audience members, so they know. So if you have an opportunity to do an informational, you know, I call it informational interviews with a potential hire, a hiring manager or hiring organization, uh, send your portfolio ahead of time so people can see it. And then, you know, if it comes up in discussion, then you can go through it. Because the way I like this, it's a conversation. And it's really, you know, the approach I like to take is you ask questions until somebody eventually asks you a question back. And hopefully they do. So, uh, yes, that's a good one. No, that's really good. So, so yeah, no, great, great, uh, great information. Is there, you know, we're we're coming near to the end of our time now. Um, Is there any one final tip that really would give uh, a candidate? the advantage over another kind of like, what's the one thing that they need to do to really stand out and be different? Cause you know, there's a lot of people that are walking out there with portfolios and you know, they've got, they look like, you know, they have all the right things. What's the one thing that really makes them stand out? Wow. It's your overall presentation. It's the full package. You know, um, you're able to provide me with this sample of work. But now, how are you able to present you? Mm-hmm. How are you able to... And I'm just like, you know, more about a conversation type of, you know, meeting versus I'm going to fire questions at you and I expect you to fire back with answers. And that's, that's, that's not how interviews should be. Be comfortable for yourself. But it's how you present your entire package that's going to set you apart from one candidate to the next. Okay, so everything together. So being well prepared and, and, and you know, uh, just keeping it really, you know, I'm going to say genuine and, and honest, right? Like just be yourself. And I think a lot of people struggle because they want to impress and they want to say the words that the hiring manager wants to hear. But to tell you the truth, you don't know what they want to hear. Exactly. So just, you know, be your genuine self and have an open conversation. The way I, you know, when I, when I coach and uh, coach some of my clients I tell them you know think about it like going to a barbecue or a party with somebody mm-hmm. and you're just having that conversation back and forth because you don't get nervous at parties maybe it's the alcohol if you have some <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's definitely you know it, it's really fluid it's really candid and you can get really honest and I think today and you know correct me if I'm wrong in today's market people are looking for that people are looking for those candid conversations uh, even if it means, you know, sometimes even disagreeing with the with the other person on the side of the table, I and mean, it could be an interview tactic as well, uh, just to see what your thinking is like, right? So, you know, keep it real, right? Like, am I wrong? Am, am, am I off no, here? You're, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, preparing for an interview, I I, I definitely have one who, said, who would say, do not over-prepare. This is not an exam. I you have been saying to keep it natural, be you, keep it fluid, learn a little bit about the organization, learn a little bit about the um, interviewer. Mm-hmm. But what I always say to candidates is, this is a two-way street because you're also interviewing us. And, yeah. right? And the tone of that interviewer should tell you or be an indication of what the culture of that organization may be. And if you find that you're nervous and, you know, they're more, you know, stern and just firing questions and don't really care about the human aspect to it, then maybe you want to reconsider joining that organization because they may not share your same values, right? So look at these things. And I know people have really, really, you know, nose to the ground, really got to get a job. 
But is it going to make you happy at the end of the day, going into work nine to five, working for a company you're not happy with? Or take the time and find the right cultural fit based on your values as well. Yeah, no, it's, yeah. And I, I find a lot of people, they jump at the first opportunity of a job offer, especially if they've been, especially if they've been looking for a while. But then I find a lot of them don't stick around because they're not happy or, uh, and it, you know, it, it almost starts to reflect poorly on a resume. If you walk into an organization and you don't land the right job and you have believe and you end up leaving and it's not a contracting position, it starts to make you look like someone who jumps from job to job. So take that time. And you're right. You know, and I like this, you, know, you, you said it's a two way street. It's a, it's me wanting to work for you and you wanting to hire me so I can add value back to your organization. So it's a great way to definitely look at culture is a big one. And you know what? I think people overlook that sometimes. So, yeah, no, thank you for, for, for <laughs> all the information, Keisha. I know I, you know, I've got like three pages of notes already. So uh, yeah, it's crazy. I write down a lot <laughs> while we're speaking. So, yeah. So if people want to learn more about you and, you know, the type of stuff that you do, where can they get information? Uh, best option would be LinkedIn. Um, okay. On my personal LinkedIn all day, every day. And I do answer personal messages as well. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, so, yeah. Cool. So I will make sure that I include a link to your LinkedIn profile so people can connect with you directly. And, um, yeah, no, this is terrific. So thank you for your time today, Keisha. This has been fantastic. A lot of good information. Uh, like I said, I have, like, three pages of notes, so I'm going to go back and review everything because there's really good stuff here. And, um, yeah, no, thank you for taking the time to, to speak to the Zero to Hired audience. Thank you so much for having me today. All right, everybody. So thank you. Yeah. Thanks, Keisha. All right, everyone. That is it for our for this episode of the Zero to Hired podcast. So, you know, looking at the job search process and not only thinking that, you know, working for a corporation is your only option, you know, consulting is also there. So just something to think about. Thanks for tuning in and we'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening to the Zero to Hired podcast. Make sure you check out our website, www.zerotohired.com and download your free resume template that's proven to get results, complete with examples and guidelines. Make sure you tune in as we interview leading industry experts who provide tips and strategies to help you get the career that's right for you.